afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Today we're going to be talking about today, about living today and owning the now. So many of us are living through these most difficult times on the mantra, I just have to get through today. We put one foot in front of the other and we keep our heads down and we go and we go until we crash. We're just trying to survive in these difficult times. But what if these difficult times are offering us another way of looking at today? What if today were to become the essential life, the essential moment? The now. What if, because the future is currently so uncertain, we must forego the future and live fully into now? Well, that would be nice, you say, but how does a person forget about the future and live into the now? Well, today we're going to be talking about that very thing and learn how to live, how living in the now is the essential life. Stay here. So, okay. We all know, everybody tells us we're supposed to be living in in the now, that we're supposed to stay in the moment. We hear that all the time. You know, the old uh, Buddhist philosophical adage, chop wood, carry water, is made out of being in the now. You're in that chopping wood, and you're in that carrying water, and you're just doing the chopping wood, and you're just doing the carrying water, and that's what you're doing. And that's, that's the ultimate Zen. But we all have trouble with this. I'm still working on this. This is something I worked on for a long time, and I'm still working on it. And it is uh, one of the most difficult things that we will ever do is to try to stay in the now because the future is so worrisome and so tantalizing with its worry. But, you know, what do our our, uh, sacred texts say to us about this thing of living in the now? Well, so Jesus said, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So basically what he's saying is, I'm going to take care of that. Just before this, he was saying, consider the lilies and uh, the sparrows and that God takes care of all of them and God's going to take care of you. Well, that's, you know, kind of hard for most of us to believe because we also are brought up on the old adage, if you help yourself, God will help you. But if you don't help yourself, God's not going to help you. But this says something different. And I think, and you look at the root language in other texts of the, of the Bible, and it's talking about how uh, Jesus is teaching us to allow the Spirit of God to initiate our activities. For he said... I can initiate nothing of my own, but the Father does it through me. Now, that's a paraphrase, but uh, I think that's in Matthew 5.30, if you want to look it up. But it's uh, basically saying that, that we are going to be initiated by the divine. If we surrender to the divine, we are initiated by the divine. In other words, our thoughts, our feelings, and our behaviors can be initiated by the divine. That's hard for us to believe because most of us believe that we're separate from the divine. We believe the divine is way up there in some ethereal heaven, and we're way down here in this suffering world, especially right now the world is suffering because the entire world is clogged up with a pandemic, and many people are dying and many others are sick, and there's grief everywhere. 
So we, we think, well, you know, how can we believe that God's going to take care of everything if this kind of stuff is going on? And then we get mad at God or the higher power or intelligence or universe or however you think about that. We get mad at that when things don't go like we think they ought to be going. Things seem unfair. Why are children born with diseases? Why, why, why do ch- young children die of cancer? You know, why, does, uh, why do we get sick? Why do we lose our jobs? Why do these things happen? Well, I'm going to tell you, I don't have the answer to that. But I will say that every time something has happened in my life, in my experience, that's been difficult, and there's been many, when I've had to go through something, it's always been that I've learned something. Now, I'm not saying that that the universe, the God, the, the supreme intelligence, whatever you want to call that, put that thing in my way so that I could learn. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that the effect, I don't know that I know the cause, but the effect is that I learned something. And the something that I learned is rich and meaningful and brings me closer to the divine. So what I've learned from that entire experience is that no matter what I go through, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically be okay because I'm going to gain something from it. So... You know, if that's really true, then can I rest in today? Can I really just kind of say, okay, today is enough? Can I just focus on today and be at peace in today? Well, I will tell you that I do struggle to do that. That, that is still one of my struggles. And, uh, but I'm working on it. And when I am able to do it, I have peace in that day. When I am able to do it, I have peace in that day. So what does the Bhagavad Gita say about this? As in 11.32, it says, Time can be a fire in which we burn or a teacher from whom we learn. Depicting the scary reality, the Bhagavad Gita in its 11th chapter describes the Kala Rupa. The manifestation of the divine is all-devouring time. The mouth of this fierce form emanates fire and engulfs everyone, thereby driving home the ultimate futility of all material pursuits. So what are we going to do with time? Is it going to, are we going to burn or or are we going to learn? And, you know, I can tell you that from my perspective, I am way too time oriented. And I think a lot of us are. I'm always looking at the clock. My, my, you know, one of the reasons for that for me is that I see clients uh, you know, on a, a time basis. We have certain appointments, so I'm always cognizant of what time it is and what I'm supposed to be doing during that time so that I can prepare for the next client and be ready for that and then do my note and then prepare for the next client. So um, so I'm very time-oriented. I'm very much aware that time is, is, is ticking on. And as I get older, I'm very much aware that time is going faster. I'm very much aware, for example, that the month of January sped by and all of a sudden it's February and I I can look back honestly and say I don't know what happened to January. Um, So so time is, you know, relative to my, my understanding of it. And, of course, we understand that from Einstein's perspective and those of other scientists, time is relative. Time is not uh, linear. Um, and it, and it, it doesn't, it, 
it doesn't encompass us. We just think about it too much. So, you know, so what the, what the Bhagavad Gita is saying is that time can either be a fire and, you know, when I'm paying too much attention to time and what I've got to get done before this hour or this hour or that hour, I'm being burned. I'm just burning, burning, burning. But then again, time can be a teacher, as I said a little while ago, from which I learned, that I can take each circumstance as it comes along, regardless of time, and just be in that circumstance until I get from it what it came to give me. Uh, it, you know, uh, again, I don't know the cause. I'm not even going to try to talk to you about the cause of troubles because I can't. I don't understand that. But I can say uh, that when I have a trouble, I gain something from it. And that mystery then is solved for me. That's all I need to know. I, I can now know that, that I'm going to learn something from it. So I have a choice then about time, what I'm going to do with time. I can be present in it and really be here in this moment and not worry so much about what's going to happen in the next moment or the next moment or the next moment. And then I gain something from that experience or I can let time burn me up. And I'm just worried about what I got to do next and what I got to do next and what I got to do next. And I'll tell you the truth. I can do either one in a given day. So I have to pay attention to that. I'm really still working on that, as I said. And, and so uh, we tend to think in the material world of time as described in terms of its end, its beginning, its past, and its future. That something that started in the past is, is supposed to be over in the future. But as we know, some things go on and on, like a marriage can go on and on. I can be together with a person for many, many years. I just heard about somebody that was having a 70-year anniversary. That's a lifetime. 70 years is a lifetime. And yet this person had to grow up and be an adult, so they were probably at least 15, 16, 17, 18 before they got married. And they've been married for 70 years. So that's a lifetime. And that's, so that's the past that is also the future. It's the past that's also the present. It's the future that's also the present. It's all time. And so some things can go on and on. Uh, and, and then we think in terms of beginnings and ends. We think of life as beginning and, and then it ends. But does it really? A lot of our spiritual texts and our spiritual teachers will tell us that, that we don't begin. We've always been here. We just come into the flesh. And we don't end. We've always been here. We're always going to be here. We just leave the flesh. Um, and so there's interesting thoughts about that, too. If that's really true, if we're in immortal, if we're eternal, then what is time, really? And what are we doing here with it? So those are thoughts that we have to consider as well. Um, and the other thing about the, the past and the future is the past is blurred by memory defaults. You know, memory, I can tell you that there's been things that I just knew happened that didn't happen. That other people have informed me that they just, that just didn't happen the way I remembered it. And, uh, and I've, been, I've also uh, found memories that I didn't know I had that just come to me all of a sudden and um, then all of a sudden the past is revealed again in another way. So, uh, you know, when we're talking about the past, it's, it's kind of, 
ephemeral. It's not really uh, something we can count on being there. Um, when people get Alzheimer's, they remember the past vividly, but the present is not so sure. They have short-term memory loss. And um, so, you know, for them, the past is very real and very present. Um, so it's all relative to where we are in our minds and what we think we remember and what we don't. And then the future. The future is also very, very ephemeral because it's not even something we can grasp hold of. We can think we are grasping hold of it by trying to plan things out and strategize how things are going to go. I know that for me, with my anxiety, one of the things that happens for me is that I uh, get all into the future and start trying to strategize how I'm going to handle X, Y, and Z, and when it comes around, and I'm all lost in that thought. That thought is just absorbs me. And then I have to catch myself and go, oh, wait a minute, you're all up in the future again. You have to come back to now. So I do some breathing, and I try to get myself back into the present. So the future is, is, is a really kind of a waste of time. Except everybody will say, if you say to somebody, live in the now, they're always going to say to you, well, what about my plans for the future? Shouldn't I be planning for the future? Are you just telling me that I should just never plan for the future? Well, of course not. That's not what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying don't plan for the future. Sure, make your plans, but don't write them in in stone because they could change. You might change your mind. Things might happen that would change your mind. Things might happen that might make your plan impossible. Things might happen that would would, uh, tie you to a different path entirely. So, you know, it's not, yeah, make your plans. Plan for what you had for your goals. But don't tie yourself to them because you may have to untie yourself later. Um, And here's the other thing about the future that's really, really difficult is that we tend to tie our sense of self-worth to the future. You know, all of these uh, business leaders out there, lots of these business leaders out there want to teach us that that we need a five-year plan and we need a 10-year plan and we need to delineate our goals and we need to put them down on paper and we need to work toward those goals, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We need to step to it, step to it, step to it until we get achieve them. And if we achieve them, we're successful. And if we don't, we're not successful. What if success is being happy right now? What if that is success? I'll grant you, that's not the Western capitalized version of success. Um, Bezos is successful according to what we think of, and he's retiring. We think of uh, uh, the wealthy people of the world as being successful, the celebrity people of the world as being successful. Those are the successful people. The rest of us, not so much. But I don't agree with that. Because I think that maybe... If I'm happy right now, if I'm really happy right now, that's as good as life gets. That's as good as life gets. I'm happy. Maybe even I even experience some spiritual joy right now. That's even better than the good as life gets. That's, that's the goal, in my opinion. I want to have peace and I want to have joy right now. That's what I want. And if I'm not having that, then that's when I have to ask myself, well, what do I need to do to get that back? 
Because what I believe is that we can have that anytime, anywhere, in any situation. Yep, that's right. Even in the most difficult situations. Even in the most difficult situations, we can have peace and joy. So it's not situational. And if it's not situational, then how can we say we have to plot it out in terms of goals and make have an agenda that, and meet that agenda? And if it's not situational, and it's not based in time, then what is it? What is success if it's not situational and not based in time? Well, that's the dilemma that we have. How does one attain to something that we would call the verve of living, the power of life, the uh, true enjoyment of life, the gratitude of life? How do we get that? While we're, we've got our head in the future and our foot in the past and our mind on our goals. But that is the way that many young people are being taught to live. That, that that's how you achieve, that's how you attain, that's how you get your money, that's how you become successful, that's how you get happiness. And yet, as we all know, there are many unhappy, very wealthy people out there. We just lost one of those as our president. Uh, I think he's a, an example of a very unhappy person, even though most people would say, or a lot of people, I don't even... Not everybody, but a lot of people would say he was a very successful businessman. Um, some people say he wasn't because he lost a lot of, did a lot, had a lot of bankruptcies and got sued millions, lots of times. But um, other people would would call him a great success, but I would not call him a happy person. And we've seen many other people like that. So, what's the deal? What's the deal about how a person maintains a sense of self and a sense of, uh, of joy or of peace? We're going to talk about that right after this break. Stay tuned. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com On Read My Lips Radio, producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, invites you to eavesdrop on her live, unscripted conversations with smart, savvy, creative people as she discovers what makes them tick, where they find their inspiration, when creativity first became their passion, and how their creative process can inspire the rest of us to think out of the box. Enjoy AKA Radio Red's always lively, cool conversations with creatives. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Oh, how those lips can talk. Take a closer look at yourself in the present. Your body has its own GPS system designed to help you follow your intuition, align your thoughts and set your own course. Host Dee Lee is here to be your external guide to this discovery. Take a break, a mindful space to pause, and help bring forth the balance that your life deserves. 
Listen live for Mindful Space to pause every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about uh, the power of today, the power of now, what it means to live in today, what it means to live in now, and owning now. So what do we mean by owning now? So what that means is that I am very present with, with now. We can spend a lot of time just sort of floating around in our minds and not really being present with anything. In fact, there's such a thing that mental health counselors call dissociation, where we're really not associated with our lives at all. We're just kind of what I call having an out-of-body experience. We're just really not present with reality. Um, you know, if uh, something happens, automobile ha- wreck happens right in front of us, and somebody, a police officer, comes and asks us as a witness to describe the person who was driving or the car that just left or whatever, we, don't, we might not know. And we'll say, well, it just happened so fast. Well, time does happen fast. It does. And the now does happen fast. It does. But if we're not present for it, we're going to miss it. And so, so many times we're just like, it just happened so fast. I just really don't know. I couldn't describe the car or the man or the woman or the whoever who was driving. I don't know. And that's one of the problems our police officers have in trying to discern what had really happened in a particular case is that there are witnesses, but they weren't really there for the witnessing. They weren't really present. I have that, you know, I do that a lot. I notice people's eye color, and I notice their facial expressions, and I notice their kind of energy, but I couldn't tell you what they were wearing because that's just not my, that's not what I'm thinking about. It's just not what I'm paying attention to. Um, but on the other hand, there's other people who say, well, they were in a brown jacket, black pants, and some brown moccasins, and, you know, they were had black hair and a mustache, and, you know, they can describe them perfectly. I don't. Usually, yeah, I'm not usually able to do that. So, you know, what we're paying attention to is what we're there for. Okay, so that's really very important. What we're paying attention to is what we're there for. So if I'm paying attention to this given moment, then I can tell you what's in this room with me. I can tell you the smells in this room. I can tell you the colors in this room. I can tell you the the furniture in this room. I can tell you how the sunlight's hitting the wall. I can tell you what's going on in this room. But if I'm not paying attention, then it's just a, a kind of absent space for me. I've got something else on my mind, and I'm looking at that. So the first thing we need to know about owning the now is that we have to pay attention okay 
We have to pay attention. And the second thing is that we have to allow it to be what it is. We have this amazing power. The human mind has this amazing power to distort reality and make it into what we think it ought to be or want it to be. This is how very often people get into bad marriages. They meet somebody, he or she is really cute or really good looking and they seem really nice and everything's going well and they just don't notice the little red flags that are happening because all they want to feel is that wonderful feeling of being in love. They don't want to notice all those other things. And yet, two, three, four, five, six years later, they come into my office and they say, I knew. I knew what he was going to be like. I knew he was going to be abusive. I knew it. I just didn't pay attention. So that's, that's how we miss reality. We turn reality into something other than what it is in order to be able to live in our little fantasy worlds. But that's not, that's not owning the now. That's not being present with what is. Whatever is, is what we need to be able to accept and uh, receive. Difficult or easy, it's what we need to be able to accept and receive. So, suppose I'm having a really anxious moment, and I do have some of those every now and then. Um, suppose I'm having a really anxious moment, and I, and I say, I'm all in my head about, you know, what's, What's going to happen when and how I'm going to handle it? And what, what if I can and what if this and what if that? And I'm just all in that and obsessed with that. That's what anxiety looks like for most people. And so I'm in that moment. I'm, in, I'm not in the now. I'm all up in the future. I'm living in a future moment that doesn't exist, pretending that it does exist and telling myself that I'm going to figure out how to handle it. That's the illusion that we can give ourselves with anxiety. We tell ourselves a myth. We tell ourselves a lie. And we believe the lie enough to go and live there. We're not owning the now. We're, we're attempting to own a future that may or may not ever even happen. I can tell you I've worried about many things that have never happened. That's one of the reasons why I find the law of attraction. So uh, that idea that if I think about it, it's going to happen. I find that a little bit ludicrous because... It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Very often I've thought many, 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 many things that never happened. So, um, you know, that, that whole premise, that's the reason I wrote the book, The Law of Attraction, The Soul's Answer to Why It Isn't Working and How It Can. You can find that at Amazon.com if you want to look at it. There is a law of attraction, but that ain't it. So when we talk about what's, what's going on <clears throat> in the now, what, what are we missing? What am I missing in this moment by being having my head all in the future? And if I can come back there and go, okay, usually for me it means focusing on my breathing. I've got to focus on my breathing for a little while, and then, you know, then I can kind of be in what's going on right now. And then one of the things I do, have, do uh, successfully sometimes when I'm successful with my anxiety, I say, um, I'm going to receive this anxiety. I'm going to breathe it in. I'm just going to let that feeling be what it is. I'm going to breathe it in. And what happens very often is the anxiety just poof, disappears. Because what's, what's going on there is I'm allowing myself to be present with the anxiety and not trying to tell myself that it doesn't exist. Very often, 
not only do we live in a myth and delusion and try to bargain with reality and tell ourselves that the reality is different than what it is, but we also just don't want to accept difficult feelings. We want to repress those. We want to send those away. And what we do is spend our time trying to make the anxious, anxious moment go away. I want that to go away. I want it to go away. I want it to go away. And instead, <clears throat> what we can do is just receive it. You know, I've got a little anxious girl inside me. You've got some anxious children inside you. And those those little people are telling us what frightened them as children. You know, when we're anxious about something, there may be a theme to it. Maybe you're afraid of getting punished, or maybe you're afraid of doing it wrong, or maybe you're afraid that people will find out that you're really a fraud, or maybe you're afraid, whatever it is, there's a theme, there's usually a theme to it. If you can figure out the theme, then you can say, oh, that's what that little child inside me is saying. It's saying, I'm scared of this, that, or the other. I'm scared of this is my, you know, this is what I got taught as a child to be afraid of punishment. Or I got taught to be afraid that people were going to find out that I was a fraud. Or I got taught to be afraid that I can't accomplish anything. You know, I got taught these things and I believed them. So now I need to work on my belief system. But I have to first know that that's in me. And I can't know that if I'm trying to push the anxiety away. Push it away and push it away and push it away and push it away trying to repress it. So the object of the game is not necessarily to make the anxiety go away, although we certainly don't like to sit in anxiety for very long. The object of the game is to to speak to it, to be able to say, okay, I see you in there, I know what you're saying, I hear you, and I receive you. And we can do that lovingly. We can lovingly receive that anxiety and, and just allow it to be what it is And when we do that, it tends to kind of ease off so that it's not not so loud and so clamoring and so powerful anymore. It doesn't control our thoughts anymore. Now we've gotten back into the moment and we can be here in this room with its colors and its smells and its shapes and its designs and and, and that's what we're doing now. We're in this room. Um, I call it coming back into the body come back into the body and the body is present in this moment with what's going on in this moment in this reality and it's very difficult especially if you're a child of trauma if you're a child an adult who's had some childhood traumas your tendency has probably been to disassociate to to uh that's the clinical term for it but i call it leaving the body you just kind of leave, and I'm just not here for this. This trauma is just not happening. I'm not here for it, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, you know, uh, allow it to seep into my consciousness. Some people lose memories of whole childhoods that way, um, but other people just have trouble settling down into the moment. It's difficult for them to be present in any given moment because they learned early on to jump out of their bodies every time something difficult started happening. And so they just can't be there for the, the present day reality. Um, so, you know, paying attention to that, receiving that, being able to open up to that is, uh, is, is very important. And then we can be present in the moment again. 
So being present in the moment means I'm really here. I'm really uh, alive to what's going on here right now. And like I've said, two two things keep us from doing that. One is the one is the future, you know, tripping that we do. So I guess it's three things: the future tripping that we do, the past tripping that we do, and then, you know, the 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 power to delude ourselves is the other thing. You know, we're seeing a lot of that right now. Uh, we, we, you know, on in our uh, in America, we're seeing a lot of delusion about reality with all these conspiracy theories. These people saying that, you know, there's uh, uh, these terrible things that are going to happen. And the, the QAnon group is one. They're, they're um, reptile people that are going to uh, knock down all the... There's a group of a Kabbalah of sexual pedo- pedophiles that, that the president was supposed to get rid of, and he didn't do it, and now they're disappointed. And, you know, what? And these there's these reptile people, and, you know... Those people are the are the pedophiles, and it's just amazing what people can believe if they just have enough fear. So fear is one of our biggest problems. We need fear in the sense that, you know, if I'm standing in the middle of the street and there's a truck coming, I need to be afraid enough to get myself out of the street. So we need fear. We needed fear when we were in the old days, in the caveman days, when we were running from the tiger or the elephant or the dinosaur. We needed fear. And we still need it to some degree. But it can run our lives. And it can run us away from the now. And so, uh, but fear can can drive us to believe all kinds of illusions and delusions about reality. We're not staying in reality. We're staying in some belief system that's absolutely false. Um, We just saw in America a president who was able to get away with over 30,000 lies. And some people bought every one of those lies because of fear. Because of fear. So when when we're living in fear, we can believe stuff that's not true. And when we're, and and because fear can lie to us. Another thing that can happen is shame can lie to us. Shame can come and say, you're unworthy. You're not worthy. And therefore you have to prove yourself. And therefore we're, we're caught up in the moment, in the moment, instead of being present with the moment, we're caught up in how I can make myself worthy. How can I make myself into a worthy person? How can I pay attention to my image so much? that nobody can ever see the dark, unworthy person inside me. How can I take care of that? So uh, when, we're, when we're in that, in that state of mind, where it's hard for us to, to stay in the present, to stay in the moment. It's hard for us to uh, realize reality. So when we're talking about uh, um, these things that get in our way, Certainly shame, certainly fear, certainly staying away uh, uh, up in the future. Certainly um, staying in delusion and not allowing ourselves to be present with what we're really seeing and right in front of our eyes. For example, if I go out on a date and the guy that I'm with starts flirting with with the waitress right there in front of me, how do I feel about that? Am I paying attention to that or am I ignoring that because he's so cute? What's really going on inside me? 
if I use my discernment, discernment is a skill we can develop and it's one of the best we need. It's one of the best skills that we definitely need in our lives. Um, my discernment sees what's going on with open eyes and then it looks at my feelings about what's going on with also open eyes and it and it makes a decision then about what what's what's real here and what am I going to do about it. So if it's true that I'm going to date you, then you know I have to either ignore what I feel about how you're flirting with other people in front of me and our, on our very first date. I have to ignore that feeling. But if I'm going to say, hmm, I don't like this on the very first date, if this is true on the first date, what's going to be true on the second date, and the third date, and the fourth date, and the fifth date, and the sixth date? What am I going to have to tolerate then? Then I'm paying attention, and then I can make a decision. Maybe I really don't really want to go out with you anymore because you're, you're somebody who's going to uh, uh, hurt my feelings over and over again because you think it's okay to do things like that on the very first date. So those are things that, that's just one example, and it's a minor one, but it's, it's a way of saying I need to learn how to pay attention to what's going on right here, right now, in this moment, in my feelings, and in your behavior and in my own behavior. I need to know what's going on in this room between us right now. And if I can do that and really pay attention to that, then I can make some really good sound decisions about where I need to put my boundaries and where I need to live my life and where I need to put my hopes and what decisions I need to make about who I'm with and how I spend my time with with whomever I choose to be with. So that thing about discernment means we have to be present in the now. We have to own the now. I have to be here watching my feelings, be here watching what's going on with you and pay attention to how I feel about what's going on with you. And then I need to make a decision about what I'm going to do with that information. That's a, that's a calculus of nowness <laughs> that we can pay attention to if we're really, if we're going to be in the now. But if we not, we all we just gloss over that and pretend that well, you know, that didn't really happen. I can pretend that it's really okay because you know he was just flirting. So what? It doesn't really matter. Or I can tell myself that the next date we have, he's not going to do that. Or I can tell myself he's just so darn cute. I can oh well, so what? He flirts. I can tell myself all kinds of lies. But that's not really the truth, and that's not really owning the now. So paying attention to the now is very, very important in terms of how we relate to other people as well and what decisions we make and what we invite into our lives. What I invite into my life is what is in my life. What I send out of my life is what has gone from my life. That's my choice. And I can own the now and own my own choices about the now if I'm attuned to the now. If I'm out of tune with the now, I'm not going to be able to do that. So those are really important things to know, and 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 it's it's really important to just kind of breathe the now in and let it be what it is instead of pretending it's something other than what it is. That's an acceptance that we can really work toward with regard to the now, with regard to what's happening in our lives. And then once we receive it, like I was talking about breathing in the anxiety, once we receive it, then it kind of lets go and it doesn't try to rule us anymore. All right, we're going to talk some more about this, about time and about the now and about owning now. And then we're going to talk about how to get into the flow right after this. Stay tuned.
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel with a replay of the show Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you have executive function challenges? Actually, these are a lot more common than you would think. These challenges include time management issues, organization, planning, focusing, memory, and problem solving. If this sounds like you, you'll want to check out Focus on Success. With Fazia Costi, you'll hear from professionals that offer advice based on their expertise and provide solutions to improve your life. Focus on Success can be heard Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today about owning the now, about living in today. And what we've said thus far is that there are several reasons why we don't live in the now. It's hard for us to really accept what's going on in the now, and we don't want to receive that because what's going on in the now is difficult. So we just tell ourselves that we just don't want to be here for it. So we dissociate from it, and we're just not going to be here for it. Another reason is because we... we uh, we, it's hard to accept difficult feelings. We want those feelings, difficult feelings to go away. So we don't receive those feelings. So we just try to repress those instead of being with those and receiving them and finding out what they've come to tell us about our lives. And uh, another thing is that we get into delusions about reality. Uh, we get into uh, telling ourselves that things that aren't, are true aren't really true or things that, that aren't true really are true. Uh, and we, uh, we lie to ourselves. We tell ourselves the, uh, a mythology about reality. A lot of this happens in romance, so that's an easy example to use. But it can happen in all kinds of areas of our lives. It can happen in work. We can tell ourselves that even though the boss is abusive, he'll stop if I just do keep doing really well at my job. He'll stop or she'll stop. And, uh, and of course... That's a bargain with reality. If I do this, then they'll do that. And, of course, we haven't engaged them in this bargain, so they don't know anything about it. So they're less likely to do anything about it, even if they would if you talk to them about it. So, uh, you know, we can bargain with reality and pretend things that aren't true are going to happen and that we can make them happen by pretending that we have that power. And uh, so that's another way we stay out of the now. 
And, you know, money plays into this thing as well. I haven't mentioned this yet, but money is a big deal. We, As I said earlier, we think that the people that are wealthy or celebrity are the most successful people. And that's usually based in money. Most celebrity people are wealthy and have million-dollar mansions. And most wealthy people have very big homes and very and yachts and all kinds of other things that mo- most of the rest of the world doesn't have. And right now we know that there's a big portion of the world that's suffering with poverty and having struggling to get food to eat and uh, loss of jobs and loss of income and all kinds of things directly related to this pandemic. So, you know, those successful people seem to be beyond all of that. They just seem to be beyond all of that. And, and why am I having to suffer and they're not? So we can get money involved and if only I can make enough money and I put that in my five-year plan or my 10-year plan and step toward my goals all the time, then I'll be okay. I talk to young people sometimes and they, they tell me, I'm going to be a doctor or I'm going to be a lawyer. And I ask them why they want to do that. And they don't know anything about the tasks. They don't know anything about what they'll be doing except just kind of this vague image of things that we've, they've seen on TV. But they know they're going to make a lot of money. And so money is one of those primary delusions that we have about the now. It says, I can just skip right over now because I'm going to have a lot of money in the future. But now is calling us. Now is always calling us. It's, in fact, the only thing we really can own is this moment right here, right now. We can't own the future. We can't own our goals because we don't know whether they're going to happen or not. We can't own the past because memory is elusive. We can't, uh, we can't own other people. We can't get them to cooperate, do what we want them to do. We can't, uh, you know, we can't, those are things we can't do. But we're always trying to do the things we can't do and forgetting about doing the thing, the one, the one thing we can do, which is own the now. So, but in the, the, for the people that do own the now, there's something called being in the flow. Some people call it being in the zone. What that basically means, according as a really good definition put out there by Sandra Lyle Bamersky, she's the author of How of Happiness. She describes being in the flow as an intense state of, of absorption and involvement in the present moment. She also said, when in flow, people report feeling strong and efficacious at the peak of their abilities, alert, in control, and completely unselfconscious. They do the activity for the sheer sake of doing it. If you've ever been in this zone, you know what it's like. It usually involves finding something that you really love to do and doing it. Um, You know, I'm a writer. And one of the things, if I'm writing something that I'm truly interested in, then I can just get into the flow and I'm writing for the next three, four, five hours. I forget to get up and go to the bathroom. I forget to eat. I, you know, it's there. I'm just there doing that thing and I'm having a really good time. I'm right there in the moment, really being present with what's going on and I'm just doing it because I love doing it. That's being in the flow. It's being in the zone. Um, you know, we talk about uh, athletes who get into the, what they call the zone. And they, they are able to just really focus on that moment and do what they do best with their bodies and their minds. And they 
might win the race or they might not win the race, but either way, they're gonna they're really focused on that moment. And very often, people who have won the race, so to speak, uh, will tell you they were in the zone when they did that. So I'm not saying that how to win the race is to get in the zone. So don't hear that because that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is being in the zone is a joyful moment. Being in the zone is that is really owning the now. Um, it's a way of really being present with what is and owning it. Really, by ownership, I mean this is mine. This right here, this moment is mine. And we don't say that out of ego. It, it's said from the authentic self. Because we can really own this present moment in a, in a, a space of real joy. So what do, I, what do I mean when I talk about joy? Well, happiness, generally speaking, and this is my definition, happiness means circumstances are going well. Things are working out the way I want them to. I'm doing okay monetarily. I'm doing okay in my job. I'm doing okay in my marriage, my home life. I'm doing okay with my parenting. I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm happy. Joy, on the other hand, does not need circumstances to feel itself. Um, Victor Frankl wrote a book in search of, Man's Search of Meaning, and he talks about finding joy even in a concentration camp. So that's kind of the worst of the worst that can happen to a person. So if he can find joy there, we can find it anywhere. Uh, for me, I walk outside in nature. Now, right now I'm working out of my home a lot because of COVID and I'm seeing my clients online. And, um, and um, so I, I walk outside you know, every now and then and just take a little walk around my house or take a walk around the block and I and I can just take nature in when I do that. Nature is one of those things that stirs my soul. Um, and I can get out in nature and I can really look at the trees and, and hear the birds and look at the sky. The sky is always meaningful to me. And uh, I can really take that in and own it. I can really receive that as a gift. And I can see the majesty of the universal intelligence that created it all. And I can really be present with that, um, with that moment. And so I receive it and I allow myself to, to really feel it. And it feels like joy. It feels like peace and it feels like joy. And just for that little moment, or even maybe even just a glimmer of a moment, maybe it's not a full 60 seconds, but maybe it's just a glimmer. But for that moment, I can feel that intense joy that says that life is really delicious and life is really good. Um, even though I feel a deep sorrow for what's going on in the world at the same time. I feel this uh, real compassion for, for the, so many people who've lost people, people during this uh, time of COVID. I feel real compassion for the people that are suffering because of financial problems, because they've lost their jobs or they're, they, they're having trouble getting food for their children or for their family members, um, taking care of elderly sick people. I have a real heaviness in my heart about that right now. At the same time, and I'm talking time, at the same exact moment in time, I can also feel joy because 
I can be in nature and I can absorb that moment. So one of the things that we've been taught in America is that everything is black or white. Everything is true or false. Everything is, you know, one way or the other. Everything is good or evil. Uh, But the reality is that there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of gray. And when we... uh, when we get to understanding our feelings, what we don't under what we haven't been taught is that we can feel more more than one feeling at a time. I can feel that heaviness about the people that are suffering right now, and I can get into a lot of prayer about that, and I can also simultaneously feel joy and peace because I've paid attention to the moment, and sometimes that moment is just a glimmer. I wish I could hold on to it longer, but even that glimmer gives me a taste of the joy that's really in there. Because you see, I believe that there's joy and peace inside me all the time. I just don't receive it all the time. I'm not aware of it all the time. I'm not paying attention to it all the time. I'm just living my life in my, you know, doing the things that I do. But when I get aware of it, that's when it shows itself. That's when it's pay, then when I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention to what's going on inside me, and it appears. So again, paying attention is very, very important. And, and so being in the flow means that I've taken that moment and extended it out for several hours, or maybe just a few hours. But what it means is that in that, in that time, Whatever that time period is, it doesn't have to be hours even. You know, if somebody's running a 100-yard race, it's probably just, you know, a matter of seconds. But in that moment, I'm really there. I'm really tuned in. One of the things that I talk about when I talk about getting into this is when I say get into your body, I say get behind your own eyes. Get behind your own eyes and see what's really in this room. And how does that feel? How does it feel to be in this room right now? What does it feel like? And, you know, paying attention to that is very, is, allows us to own this moment. It allows us to be present in this moment, owning it. So I'm paying attention to what's going on inside me, and I'm really present with my body movements and my, and my you know, uh, my mind, what's going on in my mind, and I'm, I'm, all of them are lined up at the same time, and now I'm in the zone. My head is doing the same thing in my heart, and my heart is doing the same thing as my head, and my head and my heart are doing the same thing as my body, and I'm in the zone. And when I'm writing, my body just sits there at rest and lets me just write and write and write. But if I were a runner, my body would be actively pursuing what's going on in that moment. So whatever it is, my body is present with it, my mind is present with it, my heart is present with it, and I'm right here right now. So I encourage meditation that just receives the moment and helps us practice being present in the moment. So I would say if you can meditate for two minutes, even two minutes, three times a day, and just take this moment in, you're teaching yourself to be present in the moment. You're teaching yourself to really own this moment, because it is yours. This moment belongs to you. It doesn't belong to anybody else. It belongs to you. And when they have a moment, that moment belongs to them. But your moment is yours. It's singular to you. 
and you can really receive it and you can really own it. And that is all we truly have. This moment is all we truly have. And if we can own it, then we're alive. If we're not, I would question that. Okay, that's all we have for today. We're going to be back again next week. And in the meantime, remember your job, should you choose to accept it, accept it is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week. 